Good morning. So good to be back here again. Woo woo. Shout out First Alliance Church. How y'all doing? Woo woo. <laughs> Want to say thank you to Pastor Kurt, his uh, first lady, <laughs> Heather, <laughs> uh, my brother Mike, Pastor Donald, and all, all the uh, uh, clergy and elders and this amazing body of Christ. Amen. Listen, I just wanted to thank you all personally for showing up in very impressive numbers uh, to our uh, first year anniversary. Uh, thank you, Pastor Kirk, for your leadership in that. And uh, listen, you, you, you guys blessed uh, our baby church. And uh, we are grateful for uh, your partnership, your prayers, your support, your love. Thank you. Continue to pray for us and we'll pray for you. Uh, again, thank you, Pastor Kurt, Heather. Well, uh, let's pray. Uh, Father, uh, the Bible preaches. And so, Father, we ask that you would proclaim through me your truth. Uh, if it's just me, we got nothing. But Holy Spirit, we know that you love each and every person in this room. And so would you work in all of our hearts in a way that would uh, cause us to rejoice in the harvest with you? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, several years ago, uh, I accidentally th uh, threw out $3,000. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. Uh, trying to be, you know, do a good thing, right? Clean uh, uh, my house up. Well, I had $3,000 in money orders that were in a brown paper bag. And uh, in one of those, you ever do one of those, everything must go cleanings? <laughs> you don't even look at it. You don't, you just, it's got to go, right? Uh, well, $3,000 went right into the dumpster. Uh, and if that wasn't bad enough, uh, the same week, $1,000 got stole out of my vehicle. Uh, yeah, I was in a situation. Uh, the, the problem was that that $3,000 in money orders was for my mom's assistant living uh, uh, rent. And the $1,000 was for my own rent. So you can imagine I was desperate. I began to panic. I didn't know what to do. Uh, the, 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 the assistant living place started calling me. And I'm like, oh, they're going to put my mom out. I was terrified. I didn't know how... Uh, uh, I was going to get out of that situation. Uh, the reality is that I was desperate. I was desperate for a miracle. And what I discovered is that sometimes desperation is the fertilizer where faith grows. I discovered uh, that it is, it is when you are desperate uh, that, that God does something in you. It is almost as he, he woos you to believe. Because you have nothing else. And that faith grows especially after he brings you through it. And so one day after church, uh, here I am in this financial dilemma, and uh, some guest visitors had showed up. Uh, and after church, they came up to me and they said, we feel like we're supposed to help you. Uh, we know you got a barbecue business. Maybe we can help you with that. I had a, back at the, back in the day, I had a little part-time catering barbecue is everything bang barbecue is pretty good uh we, maybe we bring it back if the lord allows uh so he said i'll tell you what we're gonna pray about it 
We're going to pray about it. And uh, he calls me a week later, and, and he says, uh, uh, Will, what I'm about to do, I want you to know it has nothing to do with me or my wife. It has everything to do with Jesus. And what we're about to do, we've never done before. Uh, so, so do you have your banking information? I'm like, I can get it. <laughs> and so I call him back, and uh, he says, my wife and I went in two separate rooms, and we asked the Lord for a number. And if the Lord would line up the number, then that would be the amount that we would give. And he said, Will, we want to wire $10,000 to your checking account. And I almost dropped the phone. I was taking my little son, Micah, from therapy, speech and language therapy, and, and I couldn't believe it. There was enough money not only to cover what I lost, but what I needed. And it was right before school started. You can give God praise for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe the Lord, he, he, he wants to encourage us this morning from the thought, uh, it's more than you expected. I don't know what he's up to, but it's bigger than you think. Uh, 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 we serve the God of the exceedingly and abundantly. And in our text, Peter did not expect to catch any fish when Jesus asked him to go back out fishing after a long night of catching nothing. Peter, knowing that fishing in the daytime uh, was a waste of time, but he did it anyway. And Jesus, in our text, we see he decides to go above and beyond a basic catch of fish and decides to give Peter a multitude of fish so big that the nets begin to break, the boats begin to sink, he needs help from his business partners to take in the blessing, to handle the size of the blessing. Jesus exceeded Peter's expectations by doing more than he expected. I don't know what, he's doing something, he's stirring something in some folks. There's some promises in here that seem like they got lost in the mail. The Lord said they did not get lost. Yeah, he's purposed to do some stuff. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it seemed like snail mail when we're waiting on a miracle. Oh, but when it shows up, it's more than you expected. Holly, you ought to give him praise. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to walk through, y'all. We're going to walk through it together. Uh, this miracle of the miraculous catch, watch this, was just a metaphor for what Jesus would ultimately accomplish through Peter's uh, life, what Jesus would ultimately accomplish uh, 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 because of his willingness to forsake everything and follow him. In other words, Peter, what I'm about to do is bigger than you think, and the thing, this miracle that I'm going to accomplish in your life is a metaphor for what I'm going to do through your life. After Peter experiences this miracle, uh, he's blown away. He's blown away at how much fish that they caught, right? And it's as if uh, Jesus tells Peter at the end, you know, Peter's like, wow, this, this is amazing. He said, ah, you think that's something? From now on, you're going to be catching men. Wow. I don't know what miracle you need this morning, but I do know that Christ never forsakes those who forsake all to follow him to fish for men. I know that. 
This text reminds us of the extraordinary kindness of God and the extravagant grace of God that he can display at any time and at any moment in our lives in any way that he pleases. Sometimes we get stuck. We think God is just a God of just enough. Mm. And he says, mm. I wish you saw me bigger than that. That's for somebody. And so you may be thinking, well, 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 that was nice for the Apostle Peter, right? Of course Jesus would show up and show out in the Apostle Peter's life. He was one of the 12. I can get Jesus doing that for Peter, right? Uh, well, the Apostle Paul didn't think that way. Pastor Kurt just quoted it, Ephesians 3.20. <laughs> Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, and he tells this church, listen, now to him, he's creating expectation. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. He's creating expectations. He wants us to see God rightly. And so what Paul says uh, uh, that, that, that God can do for anybody, we're going to see it happen in the life of Peter. And so we're going to learn uh, from his life uh, and the circumstances surrounding this great catch, this miraculous miracle. And we're going to learn from P Peter of, of, of what happened, what set him up this way. What was going on in Peter's life and in his circumstances that put him in position for God to exceed? his expectations. Well, the first thing we see in the text is this. Uh, you got to give Jesus your empty spaces. You got to give Jesus your empty spaces. In verse 3, uh, it said, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people uh, from the boat. And so you, you know the scene. Jesus is teaching on the Sea of Galilee. Crowd is pressing in. He looks up and he sees these two uh, boats coming in with no fish. Uh, and he asks uh, Peter if he can use it as a platform, as a, as a pulpit, if you will, so that he can create some distance uh, between him and the people. And so Jesus gets into one of these two empty uh, boats, and one of them happened to be Peter's fishing boat. Now, you got to get this. This is Galilee. It's a fishing town. It's what they did there, right? So that, that was a normal uh, profession. However, these fishermen were exhausted, I'm sure, after fishing all night long. I don't know if you saw any of those fishing documentaries. That ain't no easy job. You out there, right, in the elements, and here they are grinding and working, and instead of counting how many fish they caught, they're washing their empty nets, and Jesus notices. Have you ever felt like you've done your best and your best still wasn't good enough? Have you ever worked long and hard at something, and in the end, you did not get the results you was looking for? Have you ever pursued something, worked at something, went after something, strived for something, tried to achieve something, and in the end, it's like, man, I don't have much to show for my effort. This is the kind of predicament 
that Peter finds himself in. This is what Peter and his partner finds uh, uh, himself in. You, you, you know, let me, let me bring it home to us. Uh, uh, show up to work and let them people be short on your hours on your paycheck. Let them forget your holiday pay. Let them not put your overtime on that check. Listen, let, let, let that direct deposit got a glitch in it. You didn't work all week. Let them forget to give them forget to give you your vacation check. You're gonna feel cheated. I did all this with nothing to show for. They felt cheated. Now here's the reality. It's not that. We're bringing Jesus empty boats, but there's some empty spaces and places in our lives. It could be a number of things that the Lord wants us to bring to him. Maybe it's some uh, 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 things that you have uh, uh, worked toward and, and it just seemed to unravel, fall apart. You didn't get the desired results of what you worked, prayed for, and planned for. And Jesus is telling us, watch this, to be like Peter, give me the empty spaces in your life. What does that mean? It means trust that God is wise and he's good. Here you go, Jesus. You're wise. It's empty, but you're good. When I stand up as a church planter and I see 40 people one Sunday and I see 12 the next, I have to give him my empty spaces. You're wise and you are good. Help me to be faithful. There can be a need in your life, maybe a void in your life, a disappointment in your life, an unmet expectation, an unmet desire in your life, an unfulfilled promise, an unrealized goal, a vision, or dream. And Jesus saying, give it all to me. Because watch this, Jesus couldn't feel the boat until he gave it to him. Jesus couldn't feel Peter's boat until he gave it to him. And he didn't just give him the boat, he listened to Jesus. Jesus says, row out here, pull in here. In other words, he let Jesus be the navigator. Listen, the only difference between Peter's first fishing trip and second fishing trip was the position of Jesus. The second time, the master of the sea was in control of the ship. Woo! You ought to give, I don't know what's empty, but you got to give it to him if you want his good plan in that space. Maybe somebody might be here and you just need to give Jesus, you need to let Jesus into your actual life. You need to surrender your will to him to follow him. You need to place your faith in him. As the God-man who died in your place and was resurrected to make you right with God. And he says, come follow me. Because the truth is, you got a whole life of empty. And the Lord is hurting with you. And he says, I can make sense of the messes if you would come and follow me. Some of us just need to let Jesus control, guide, and navigate certain situations, outcomes, and circumstances in our lives, certain areas in our lives. We just need to say, Lord, I trust you. You are in control. I give it to you. Which brings me to the second thing that we learn from Peter's life. As he positions himself for Jesus to exceed his expectations, is this, obey Jesus by faith. 
That's what he did, verse 4. It says, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out uh, into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, master, we toiled all night long and took nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. At the end of an unsuccessful, unfruitful night of toiling, grinding, and catching fish, welcome to church planting, Jesus tells Peter to go back out on the lake to fish. Wait a minute, Jesus. I didn't fish all night, and you're talking about overtime? What? You're talking about overtime at the wrong time? Because we don't catch fish in the daytime, Jesus. Maybe you didn't get the memo. We tried this already. But at your word, this request makes no sense. Because fishing in the daytime is the least productive time to catch fish. Watch this. Fish are caught during the night. And so Jesus asked Peter to do something that didn't make sense according to the natural order of things. Not only was Peter tired, but I'm sure he was disappointed and discouraged and probably thinking, wait a minute, Jesus, are you trying to set me up for failure, man? Look at these boats. Peter knew that fishing in the daytime was a recipe for failure. Jesus, this makes no sense. Watch this. Jesus may ask you to do the unexpected. He may ask you to do something you never thought about or something you've never done before. It may go against the status quo, the normal way of doing things, the logical way uh, of doing things. It may go against the most common way of doing things. It may be different than all of your training, learning, experiences, everything that you bring to the table. It may be uh, uh, the opposite of it. God wants to move in, that, in our lives in that way. Listen, knowledge, wisdom, insight, uh, connections, networking, and partnerships, and friends. Watch this. Uh, uh, he don't want those things to get the glory. So he set things up like the young folks say. He finesse it. And he stacked the odds up so that the only person who gets the glory is God. And God wants to do some things in your life this year that people say, and you say, it had to be God. It had to be God. There is no other explanation except it had to be God. And so Jesus' request of Peter goes against everything that he knows, everything he's experienced, everything that he has learned as a professional uh, fisherman. But the text says, at your word. Mm-hmm. If you say so, I'll do it. This is radical obedience. Even though he was uh, tired, he chose to row Jesus around while he teach. Listen, you don't know how long. Just Jesus teach a long time. <laughs> so he didn't work all night. Now he's in the boat while Jesus is teaching, right? That's sacrifice, right? But he, he didn't say, no, nah, Jesus, I'm too tired. He didn't say those things. But what he, was, what he did is he was willing to give Jesus those empty spaces and obey Jesus by faith and drop the net wherever the Lord would tell him to drop it. So obey Jesus by faith because he knows what he's doing. Here's the third thing we learn. Uh, leave the results to Jesus. We give him those empty spaces. We obey him by faith. 
See the progression? And then we leave the results to Jesus. Verse 6. It says, and when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners uh, in the other boats, uh, come up, come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. One of my favorite quotes is by the late, great Dr. Charles Stanley. He said, obey God and leave the consequences to him. I know this don't make sense. Listen, Jesus will ask you to do stuff that's not going to make sense to other people. I want you to know it right now. Don't try to, listen, it, it ain't for everybody. They're going to they, 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 they want stuff you can't give them. In the realm of faith is the substance of the thing hoped for. <laughs> and the evidence, what's the evidence? How you know? My faith is the evidence. <laughs> of that which I cannot see. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hmm? We must walk with God in faith to be pleasing to him. And so because Peter said yes to Jesus, Peter was in position for Jesus to exceed his expectations. What if he had to say, sorry, Jesus, I'm tired, I'm going home. I've been fishing all night. I, you, you, I just, Thank you, Rabbi, but no thanks. You know, I just want to go home, Jesus. I had a bad night. I need to get some rest. You know, I, I'm not going back out in that ocean. That's a waste of time. Jesus, that's only more work for me. If he had a said no, he would have missed out on one of the greatest blessings in his life. I believe Jesus took note of this sacrifice of obedience that Watch this. And Jesus gave him a blessing, watch this, that outweighed his sacrifice. That's called grace. Grace is God. He gives us more than what we deserve. We partner with God in our obedience, but then grace is, watch this, I can't let you boast about it, so I'm going to give you more than what you deserve. Grace eliminates any room to boast, brag, or be prideful about the good choices, the good works, the righteous lifestyle, or any acts of obedience that result, watch this, in any kind of blessing that we receive from the Lord. God always gives us more than we deserve. Now, what I love about this text is this. It would have been a miracle just to catch a few fish during that time of day. Fishing in the daytime. We don't catch fish during the daytime. Right? That's the worst time to see a Galilee to catch fish, right? But instead of catching, uh, watch this, a few fish, they caught enough, watch this, to sink two 25-foot long, seven-foot wide, four-foot deep boats. The boat could hold up to a half a ton of fish and still float. Jesus provided exceedingly abundantly above all Peter could ask, think, or imagine. Here's the point. Jesus decides the size of your blessing. He decides the magnitude of your miracle. What I love about this is that this is a miracle of provision. Why? Because fish was how they paid the bills. This is how they made a living. They caught the fish and sold the fish in the marketplace. So this is a miracle of, of, of provision that is so big, watch this, that it blesses Peter and his partners. He had to go get some help 
uh, with the blessing. Now, now here's what you got to understand. If he had just filled the boat up, what it, it was a miracle enough if he had just gave Peter what he would have caught that night. But he didn't. It would have been a miracle if he just filled the boats up to capacity. Half a ton of fish. But he exceeds it. That's amazing. This is our God. Now unto him who is able. He wants us to see him that way. Because as we're making disciples, we have to believe that God is at work. And that he has a plan in the lives of the people around us. And when we share the gospel and we share our testimony, we got to trust Jesus for the catch. And you can't make this. Sometimes we don't go is because we don't have faith. That's what the issue is. We don't share our testimonies. We don't share the gospel. We don't make disciples. Here it is. Because we're lacking in our faith. So God is trying to stir faith in us so that we can follow him. This blessing, watch this, God will bless you. And when he does, sometimes it's not just for you. It's for those around you. God loves to make people a conduit of the blessing. And so not only does Jesus decide the size of the blessing, he knew the location of the blessing. And Jesus told Peter when to drop the net and, and, and where to find the blessing. That's amazing. He knew exactly where his provision was, but he had to give Jesus the boat even after disappointment. Listen, the Lord knows the location of your finances. He knows where your career, he knows the location of your spouse. He knows the location of your business and ministry. And maybe you are waiting for God to move in a particular area that he's been telling you about, stirring you in. And you feel like it's taking a long time. God wants you to know he knows exactly where it is. And it is on the way. I don't know what it is you need. Here's the, third, here's the fourth thing that we learn. He set himself up. Give Jesus his empty boats. He, he's obeying by faith. He's leaving the results to Jesus. And then he follows Jesus on mission. Notice what it says in verse 8. Uh, but when Peter, uh, when, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon and Jesus, uh, said to uh, Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything to follow him. Now, what you got to understand is before this miraculous event, Peter had heard testimonies about Jesus from others in his community. He lived in a small town where he heard about the ministry and miracles that Jesus performed, right? Even his brother told him that we found the Messiah is kind of a big deal. <laughs> the one we've been uh, praying uh, about, the one we've been reading about, right, uh, in the Old Testament, right, the promised Savior King to come and rescue and rule and restore all things, right, we, we, we found him, Peter. Then he witnesses the healing of his mother-in-law. 
Jesus heals his mother-in-law of a life-threatening illness. Now, you would have think prior to those three things, Jesus, Peter would have got saved somewhere in the first three. Everybody's got a testimony. He hears that. That's not enough. His flesh and blood says, hey, man, he's the truth. He's the real deal, right? Jesus heals his mother-in-law, and he still doesn't bow down and take the knee yet and surrender his life to Jesus. So I want to encourage you. God wants to use you to reach people in your circle of influence. Watch this, but it will be a process. You got to start with the testimonies, right? You got to start telling them how you uh, uh, came to meet Jesus and the things that Jesus has accomplished uh, in your life. You need to talk to some people in your immediate family, like Peter's brother did. There's some people in your immediate family. You need to talk to them about Jesus. Watch this. For some of you, uh, Pastor Kirk just said it earlier, uh, healing wasn't just way back then. Uh, 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 It's for now. Some of you need to pray for Jesus to heal people. So he can demonstrate the power of the kingdom. We need it now, more now than ever. Because the devil doing all type of witchcraft and witchy stuff and people having dreams and astro projecting and we ain't got no power. <laughs> what? They get it. The, the world, the unbelievers, they get spiritual power. It's just dark power. So we can't be afraid of his power. Do you know it is a clash of two kingdoms? You can't read the New Testament and get away from that. And so he's called us to follow him. What's this? What does it mean to be a disciple? To do what Jesus did. He said, teaching them to obey and observe all I commanded you. Well, what did he command them? To do a lot of things. Pray for the sick. Cast out devils. Proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Unless he changed his mind somewhere when he said, teach them to observe all things. I just spent three and a half years teaching you. That's real. And when we don't walk in what Christ has called us to walk in, the kingdom of darkness will continue to advance because we won't walk in the power of God. We have to, y'all. There ain't no plan B. It's us. I've given you power and authority to trample over serpents. What he said, over the powers of darkness. And that's why they're running havoc all through your life. Because you got to command it to go, to leave, and take your God-given place as a son and daughter of the Most High God. You're not weak. You're strong in the Lord. And so he wants you to walk in that. So here's what happens. Finally, he has a first-hand encounter on the boat. The supernatural miracle-working power of Jesus has now impacted his own life through this miraculous catch of fish. 
And all of these circumstances, watch this, led up to Peter making a personal decision to put his faith in Christ to follow him. That's why we have to share those testimonies. That's why we need to pray for the sick, serve other uh, uh, ways of kindness and love to demonstrate the loving heart of God. We have to do things. People don't care how much you know until what? They know how much you care. And this church does a lot of those things. Amen. So this is what it means to be a fisher of men. People are on a journey, and we don't know where they are on their journey, but we partner with God when we do the simple things. Tell people how you met Jesus and who he is. Say, hey, create prayer cards. One of the things that God put on our hearts to do is say, you know what, we're called to pastor a community. So we would take these prayer cards and, and with a prayer box and we take them to all the neighboring businesses and we say, you know what, maybe awkward kind of pray right here, but if something ever come up, put it on this card and we'll come back and pick up the box. Why? So we can pray and they can see a real Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe that the Lord just healed me. I can't believe that the Lord just delivered my son from alcohol. I can't believe that God has called one of my relatives out of a life of immorality. It was on the list. This is what it means to be fishers of men because we can't fish for them in here. We fish out there. And you say, what's the bait? Your story. Your story is for somebody else. Don't be ashamed of what you went through. God brought you through something. And you want to share your story. And so as I get ready to close, he, 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 he says, uh, 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 I'm sinful, Jesus. He recognized that through this miracle that Jesus was more than a man. That he was in the presence of God and he had the same reaction of many men uh, uh, throughout Scripture who find themselves in the presence of God. Depart from me, O Lord, I'm a sinful man. Woe to me, I'm undone, a man of unclean lips. God invades his life right there on that boat and he bows and surrender to Jesus and it blows him away. So much so that he was able to forsake everything and follow him. As I said earlier, this miracle was a metaphor for the magnitude of Peter's ministry. You say, how do you know that? It was in Acts where we see the Holy Spirit came, that was promised, empowered his disciples to spread and preach the gospel. And it was Peter who preached at Pentecost. And 3,000 were saved. That's a great catch. What happens when you and I tell the same story? What kind of catch could be on the other side of those doors? What kind of catch could be on the other side of your living room door, your front door in your house? What kind of catch is waiting in your family, awaiting in your workplace, awaiting in your school, awaiting on your job? What kind of catch? Jesus wants to exceed your expectations, and whatever he wants to do is bigger than you think. Let's pray to the God who does exceedingly abundantly. Father, you do exceedingly abundantly all that we can ask or think. 
May we have a big view of you, God, that you care about this lost and dying world and that you are a God who's supernatural and not limited in your power, ability, or authority. And I ask that you would raise up men and women in this church family who would advance the kingdom of God and push back the kingdom of darkness by trusting you by faith. Lord, I pray there would be a catch so amazing from each person of this congregation that we all would say it had to be God in Christ's name. Amen.